This is Brian Bailey from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm joined with Mark Sweeney from Windermere, Florida. We are your guides to this episode of In the Hunt. We are going to bring clarity to this complex game of golf and help you reach your next level of performance. So if you're ready to step up your game, join us on the hunt. Hello, listeners to In the Hunt. This is Brian Bailey here. Before this podcast starts, I just wanted you to be aware that we did have some audio issues with our guest. Did our best to clean it up. Uh, Such a great conversation. Definitely wanted to present it and release it, so we apologize right now for the little bit of audio concern. Damien's audio took over the conversation. So, I hope you enjoy, and thank you so much. Welcome to this episode of In the Hunt. This is Brian Bailey here in Charlottesville, Virginia, joined, as always, with Mark Sweeney in Windermere, Florida. Uh, we have a special guest today, and I will let Mark Sweeney take it away. Uh, thank you very much. Today we have Damon Taglione. Uh, he is a fitness slash strength trainer who I actually saw today. I've worked with him for what, a couple of years now, I think, Damon. Um, also works with a lot of, lot of pro golfers, and including Lydia Ko, who just smoked the field last uh, weekend. What did she shoot, 29 under or something like that? Just ridiculous. Uh, went ridiculously low. Um but Damien and I always have talks when when we're in. He's trying to trying to work me out and get me stronger. I'm always talking a bunch of nonsense and asking questions. Um, and so it's a great opportunity to get him on the show and really find out more about from a fitness point of view. Find about find out about uh, golf and his feelings about golf and if there's any current trends going on because um, he obviously understands it a heck of a lot better than I do. Just look, well, me and Brian both just look at us. Um, anyway. Damien, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. No problem. You've been a uh, strength trainer for what, thir- 12, 13 years? Is that right? About 13 years. 2018. Uh, 2008 was whenever I kind of first started getting into fitness. So about 13 years now, yeah. Yeah, and you've worked with Lydia Co. for two years, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a number of other golfers. Uh, so I actually got into the golf world of training my first professional golfer was actually through sean foley who i trained him and i didn't train him any golf specific stuff it was just general kind of workout stuff but he introduced me to uh sarah jane smith and that was like my first pro uh that i worked with and that was probably about eight or nine years ago i think at this point but uh from that you know it was just an introduction to the next person to the next person but that was like kind of my first person was sarah jane uh that many years ago yeah that sounds a lot like coaching just hopping yeah. from one lily pad to the next mouth type stuff and um it's just expanded kind of since then all right cool what do you find the biggest differences training somebody for golf specific uh activity versus just working somebody out and strength training you know i think it's a lot of it's really individual actually um golfers they're for the most part they're very they're very detailed oriented when they when they're doing a certain exercise especially when you get to like a kind of like a higher level like they have a lot riding on like the your your trust and what you're doing you know as far as what you say happens to their joints with how much weight, you know? So, uh, somebody like Lydia, she's very question oriented and very detail oriented. So, you know, there's the whole different level of like, 
your your normal person you for example coming in you know you like getting into running training for example which is general conditioning type stuff your average golfer is going to be you know she's a lot more detail oriented and into like the finite details of why exactly are we doing this that's what i find mostly for the higher level type people you know and and what do you you know i think it's interesting because uh i coached collegiate golf i started division three division two division one went from where i was the the, the strength trainer to uh, division one where we had multiple strength and conditioning guys and gals to work with uh, just, you know, for me, I played football and other sports, came to golf late. So my my understanding of, of strength training and trying to evolve that into golf is quite different. So what do you see? What do you see a lot of the misconceptions for us meatheads and uh, how to work out a golfer? Man, so there's like, like there's so many different like I've experienced so many different ways of seeing so many different people train golfers. So golf's a rotary sport it's it's rotation based so it's a lot of like sheer joint force things going on as opposed to like you're you're coming from a football background uh or even a track background it's a linear everything's straight up and straight down whether it's like back squats or front squats or power cleans or a shoulder press it's straight up straight down your golf swing is rotary it's it's the rotation that's completely different than what you typically get from like you know, your, your meathead type general training type of idea, but not to say that stuff doesn't work because I, I do so much of just basic, basic lifting with like, with Lydia and your, you know, your golfer type stuff. There's something to be said about like the basics, like your back squats and your deadlifts and not, you know, your power cleans um, to a certain extent, but uh, there are parallels to both sides and they both kind of have their own time. So but for the biggest, the biggest picture is the rotation aspect of the golf swing. And it's, if it's not trained properly and it's a lot of compression on joints that most people kind of would think about, uh, you, you sort of run into some issues there. You know, I guess my opinion. Well, I can tell you, having worked with you for a couple of years, one thing that's never happened to me is I've never come away injured from workout. Mm. I've never, I've never gone, oh man, that was a bad move or my back's killing me or, or a joint or something. And obviously as a golfer, you know, the number one thing is prevent injury, in my opinion, right? You need to get stronger sure. or flexible, all that, but you have to prevent injuries. Oh, you know, what's, how do you make sure that you avoid some of these things that we see in other sports where, where people get injured from strength training? Uh, man, and so many golfers have so many different weird injuries, even like, it's like, you look at Tiger Woods, for example, and like, that dude has had the best pair of eyes and the best set of doctors ever imaginable to look at him and his golf swing and break it down. And he's still riddled with ridiculous injuries. Um, but for, you know, for me, I guess the, the biggest thing and the most priority is like, well, can all your joints work through full range of motion? Like, starting from your toes, like there's priority in strengthening your feet. Can your ankles have the full range of motion? Do your knees have full range of motion? For the most part, like most golfers don't have that type of stuff, just general fitness type stuff that you would maybe pick up like a, like your first kind of personal training book or whatever. That stuff is just overlooked. Like the basics are overlooked tremendously in golf. Um, of just simple stretches. Like, I think that could honestly like cure a lot of people's, uh, let's say your average golfers, 
uh, ailments of just basic stuff, man. Can you squat well? Like, can you squat well without shoes on um, to full depth? Most people can't do that. And that's a, that's a big issue for what you need to have happen in, in, a, in a golf swing where things need to rotate around a joint. Um, so if that doesn't have full range of motion, like you're, you're definitely going to be set up for injury, but yeah, I mean, to your point, man, that is the most important thing for, for golfers in general is the ability to just keep playing. Yeah. Strength and speed and all that stuff's really important, but like, can you keep playing like between traveling and stress, um, and also additional training to that? Like, can you just keep playing without things kind of happening? Um, so that, that, I mean, that's a, that's a long open ended <laughs> conversation you know what i mean it's it and, but yeah you know so i, I it, it is important that having that full range of motion and just in in the hips and the knees and the ankles ankles especially you know is is super important but it's overlooked a lot man it, it really is overlooked quite a bit and and also thinking of golf as kind of a you know, it's a repetitive sport. You're doing the same action time after time. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing golf now for 30 plus years. Uh, you know, my body kind of sets up in a certain position because I've been doing it for so long. But I, I just know, you know, inside of strength training, when I've worked with uh, different people about trying to equalize my body, right? Because I'm so sure. right side driven. So I turn my hips turn different on the right side than on the left side and just trying to equal that out. So how, how do you kind of address that or or kind of inform people that you got to work the whole body and just not um, very golf specific. Yeah. I mean that as far as like balancing out the imbalance of the muscles of your body, like that's really what you're, you're talking about as far as injury prevention type stuff is like, so you don't have that tremendous pattern overload. Like usually, you know, on right hand, right hand golfers, like your, your, your right side is super, super pronounced all the back super tight, but like, there, there's a, but you know, in a certain, in a certain light too, it's like, well, there's a reason why Cameron Champ like is like walks sort of like this. You know what I mean? It's because those muscles are required for him to do that. Um, over time, you could argue for sure it's going to have some some issues. But like, yes, you want to think about balancing like somewhat. But like, there's also something to be said about yeah, that side is always going to be your dominant side. And you're always going to swing that way, but just how well can you manage, like, just trying to align things? But so both sides are important. Yeah, like your golfer is always going to have one side that's like pronounced, but that's not necessarily like the end of the world either. You know, um, people find balance. You know, symmetry is different than balance. Like, you can be oriented really funk, you know, funky positions where you're tight, but you're still pretty well balanced. You know. Um, so, for example, like for Lydia, like a lot of stuff that like I, I did with her is like box, like kickboxing stuff because, well, one is really rotary, like it's rotation based, like it's accuracy based, but I can pick on her and have her go the other way. You know, if she's really, she can like throw like super hard right legged kicks and like super hard right handed shots, but like left handed kicks, uh, I'm sorry, left kicks are just they don't have that coordination because her hips are so used to moving towards the left, right? So she can whip that leg really fast. So for her, I found it to be actually beneficial to balance out and do the opposite side 
of act, the kicking kind of action, like I felt it like was really challenging, but also super beneficial because it can be explosive. Um, and she could also recognize the differences too and work on, all right, or her brain recognizes now that, okay, uh, connecting the dots this way is also really important for accuracy, you know, and timing and speed and all of those things. But uh, I, I it, it's fun, it's fun and, and challenging to, to work with golfers too that are so like one direction and then that one eye dominant. Um, but I'd also, I also think it, it moves the spectrum too of what, what that side can do. You know, if you can balance out a little bit going the other way, then the potential going back this way is also going to have a greater impact. So I don't know, I think I can, you, you can contribute a little bit of Lydia's like faster hips and her speed this year to like maybe some of that opposite side, like kicking and fast type stuff. It's really hard to simulate doing that stuff like at speed with like like traditional weight stuff, like weight training stuff, like where it has that accuracy and it has that hip motion. So I found like kicking actually in particular is like pretty like a cool thing to work on opposite direction. That's cool. Yeah. Well, anybody who's who's watched Lydia since she started on tour, especially over the last couple of years that you've noticed obviously her body transform and she looks just ripped these days you know, mm -hmm. you've been with her for a couple of years and i will and i will say i've had other trainers in the past that didn't really look like they trained themselves a whole lot and one thing about damien is he is ripped and and you can tell by um lydia and the, and the transformation that she's had that she is he is ripped also right now um, how, how much do you work out? How much does she work out? Like how many hours per day or days per week or kind of what, what is her, what, what would you say your standard daily workout, um, entails? Lydia's? Oh man, she's like, so when I met her, she didn't have like, she was doing like a lot of yoga and stuff when I met her. So she was like pretty, pretty thin. And I was working with her and a Cairo at the same time. And the Cairo like told her, was like, no more yoga, just stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're turning yourself into a limp noodle, you know? And she was like, she was pretty thin too at the time. So she has completely like flipped her whole mentality for like fitness and training and, and that being like just like a hard thing you can do. Um, so Lydia has like, I, I know she, she gets up and she eats, she eats a lot um like she eats a handful of eggs like she always has like she does like oatmeal and like avocado um usually in the morning a ton of water uh always a handful of of supplements um and then she's usually either doing a run in the morning or practicing generally that's kind of what she gets first done is like a, like an hour so she'll go practice probably a couple hours and, and play generally when she's here, that's like what her routine's been. And then like fitness in the afternoon. So when I work with her and she's here, we do two hours of at least three to four times a week of like training sessions. So for like first hour, the first hour is like general mobility stuff because she's like, she's like Gumby already. So we don't need to spend like a ton of time on that movement prep, but like usually heavy strength training, um, Heavy compound lifts, like traditional stuff, heavy deadlifting, heavy back squats, heavy pressing movements, just to like, for, for building mass. Like that's, that's one of the biggest things for, I think most LPGA golfers is that like, they're just not big enough. Like they don't have enough muscle mass. 
Um, so compound lifts is something that she's really gotten into, like heavy back squats, heavy deadlift stuff. And that, that's lended to like definitely more size for her. So at least three times a week, she'll do an hour of heavy resistance training. After that, kickboxing type stuff, usually for an hour. And that's, it's hard conditioning. Usually we do five minute rounds with a minute rest for the full hour. If we don't do the kickboxing, she'll do sprints or like track style workouts. So same sort of idea where it's like hit type stuff, but very fast explosion, high heart rate stuff, and then recovery. Um, and then sometimes, man, like after that, she'll go, she'll crush a protein shake. I have to like force it down her throat afterwards, but like I'll have her crush a protein shake after she trains like immediately. Like so many people just don't do that where you don't time it well. Like they don't, they don't eat, you know, the, the carbs and the protein and the amino acids and stuff like immediately after they work out. Like, like it's the last, like it's most people just generally don't want to eat like that after they train because they're exhausted, but like it's really important time. So that's something I've shoved in her face after training. And I think that's really helped. Um, but sometimes after, after we do a workout, we'll do that, the hour of cardio type stuff. She'll eat, uh, do a protein shake. And then sometimes after that, she will do uh, another Peloton ride at nighttime where it's like three miles, something like that. Um, so sprinkled in between that, she'll also do soft tissue therapy, like maybe once or twice a week. Um, and she'll, you know, maybe visit like with like a tour Cairo type doctor and they'll just do like you know maintenance of body work just depending on how she's feeling but like that's at least her like when she's home type of routine or it has been like and that's even like that's kind of started let's say when when covid sort of started so even during covid like this was the same routine except for the gyms were closed so she would just come train at my place like i had a, a garage full of everything so it was middle of the summer same routine like heavy ass weights in the garage, sweating the balls off, you know, a dirty, dirty garage. But like, man, it was, she was super consistent, but, um, you know, we would, we'd like go like to my next store, a lot of land right there and do sprints like in the grass, barefoot, um, you know, talking smack the whole time. But like, she like works hard, man. Like I just recently watched a Lindsay Vaughn documentary and like, it just shows her training and her, like her exercise vigor. And she's like on parallels with that. Like, she is like crazy workout now. Yeah, it's wild, man. Well, I tell you what, her, her driving distance stats show it because she was always kind of a 245-ish, kind of below average distance. Last year, she went up to 255, so put 10 yards on last year, and she's up to 261 now. She's yeah. For 15, 16, 17 yards in the last two years, and you don't see that happen that often. Mm -hmm. You know, and her whole yeah. career was kind of the same until 2020. Yeah, it's wild, man. Um, I think you can attribute a lot of that, that kickboxing type stuff, actually. That speed and that explosiveness, like for golfers, like what I found, man, I think it, it translates super well to generating speed because it's not only speed, it's timing, it's accuracy, and you can like, you can hit things hard, safely, you know? Like on a back squat, like you could, you know, you could load weight up, but now you have compression on your joint, you know, and then you're compromising your ability to actually rotate by doing that. So I think you can contribute a lot of that to one, her, just her work ethic for sure. And just like putting on muscle and eating more and just lifting heavy. But like, I really think like, like the kickboxing stuff really helped out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love that that concept, and I kind of like what you said in the beginning. Um, I think a lot of times golf, again, is such a you know a repetitive sport, is finding that alternative sport that can 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 enhance, but can also you know yeah. kind of change your outlook. So, are there are there good other sports that run parallel with kind of golf, and maybe some sports where you're like, yeah, you might not want to be uh, that. Not necessarily, man. Like, um, I don't know. I'm a big jujitsu guy. Like, I like that type of stuff because I think it, it, it just makes your brain think a different way for other things that you do in life, whether it's business, whatever it is. Um, so it, it, you can say it would help a whole lot, like an athlete, like a golfer, where it's critical thinking. It's, um, it is full range of motion joint type stuff. Uh, it's completely different in regards to like the mental toughness that you necessarily, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of mental toughness from, from golf. I mean, in my opinion, like, as opposed to like something like jujitsu where, you know, somebody's going to strangle you type of idea. So I, there's something to be said about mental toughness in sports. Um, so I do, I do like that. The, the joint aspect of, you know, rolling around and having your joints compromised for golfers isn't necessarily attractive, but you know, if you're an athlete, like, which I think ultimately trumps mostly anything, I think good golfers are born good golfers because of uh, their central nervous system and their ability to make decisions faster than probably the rest of us. But, um, you, you know, uh, just being an athlete across the board is, is really important. If it's boxing, it's boxing or jujitsu or whatever. Uh, it develop mental toughness and it's going to translate well to whatever your main focus is. And if it's golf, like, I think it'll definitely help. And there's risks to any sport, right? Even if you're, whatever it is, you know, uh, mud runs or whatever, there's going to be some risk. You know, you're not going to be say, look at Tiger Woods again. Like that dude's had how many, you know, apart from the car accident or whatever, but like that, that dude has been riddled with injuries and he's been tailored by the best in the world. So you're not, nobody's going to come out unscathed. Like, um, but how can you apply that particular sport? I think jujitsu is a really good one that can translate could translate pretty well to actual mental toughness and something that you can apply to something like golf for sure. As weird as it sounds. Yeah. No, I agree. If you have never been punched in the face, sure. React to it. That it's a different world. Yeah. Never been what do you, know, you know, what do you know about yourself? Right? Like you don't know really a lot about yourself, you know, and you're, what do you know about your ego until you get choked out by somebody that's like half your size? Like, Oh shit, I'm not, I'm not as badass as I thought I am. You know, like There's it, it does. I know a guy. I know a guy who was a high school teacher, and he said, "He said most of his kids are one punch away from being really nice kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. It'll humble you. You know, stuff like that will humble you. Yeah. So, so speaking of kids, so what I find is that most junior golfers, uh, quite a few of them, have very little to no strength training or physio going on, and then they get to college and they get slammed with it, where they where it's required that they do it every week. Um, what what do you think would be a good program for you know your 13 to 18 year old uh golfers who are out there just playing and on the range a lot but they're not really building any muscle a lot of them really have no muscle at all you know how how i, I obviously the earlier probably the earlier they start the better but what would be a you know a decent routine for junior golfers who are really serious so, I mean, you're also considering like hormones to be a big factor there and the ability to actually put on a lot of mass and size, like for females that age. Um, I, I think 
for that age, something like CrossFit's actually pretty good um, because it does, it, it, you know, this is all coach dependent. Like not, not all places are created equal, but if you can find a really good CrossFit type place, uh, I think they incorporate a lot of good compound lifting. It, it's good mental toughness. Um, and it will definitely put muscle mass on you. Like if, if your nutrition is, is in line, something like that would be really good. Um, but the basics, man, like pick up a book and, and learn how to do deadlifts, you know, and get a set in your garage. Like I, I, it's, it's just the inability to want to like to do the hard stuff, like really what it boils down. Like it's, it doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes your, your effort to do it. So if a 13 year old girl wants to put on muscle mass, like the compound lifts are always the things that are always going to be the basic things that you can go back to, like where you do a heavy pull type exercise where it's all posterior chain and you develop good hamstrings and butt and spinal rectors. Right. And then you have a squat day where it's some compressive stuff on your joints will help actually, you know, uh, develop the joint to get stronger, but you're also developing your quads and then your upper back. So, those things have to be prioritized, uh, pressing movements. CrossFit does those in a fun way, in a competitive way. Um, and hopefully it's done in like a progressive way. So, you know, I, I think that'd be a good thing for that type of age group for, for females to get into, um, for sure. I don't think it's a bad, bad thing at all. At certain age, you know, maybe you consider other options. And if you start to run into injury and I've used to, you know, run into other things there, but um, that's a good starting point for a lot of people actually. But yeah, do you think it's important that they have they have some coaching doing it? Because I think we've talked about this before. Sure. People do have bad form and they're just going to get hurt at some point because they just don't know what the right form is. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, the person watching you is really important, obviously. Like you're, you know, you're putting coach. So people hire you to for your eyes and your experience of your eyes. So if you're trying to find a coach, like, make sure they have a lot of experience and can they do it? Like you come to my gym and you, you make putts, man, like all day, you know? So like you can do it. Like, can your coach do a snatch that he's asking you to do? And can he explain why it's important for you to do the flexibility and the warm up and how, you know, why water is important? Yeah. So coach dependent is, is super important and CrossFit gets a bad rap for sure. In that regard, for sure. You know, where, you are doing things fast, like snatches and Olympic lifting, like cleans, and um, sometimes there's no consideration for your joint mobility. So, you, you know, it's going to be a gamble, and it's going to be a gamble for any coach I think you are going to seek out. Um, so there's no guarantees there, but the best thing you can do is do your research and make sure they have the right experience and the right certifications and pick up a book, you know, um, watch a lot of YouTube videos. They go, yeah, right. Call me crazy. <laughs> That's, but, um, That's work. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad coaches out there, but there's a lot of good coaches. You know, if coaches are passionate, you know, it'll, it'll translate over and you'll see it, you know. Um, but yeah, you can, don't get me wrong, you can jack yourself up in CrossFit too. There's that whole other side of, you know, you're doing fast snatches with your shoulders and you're sitting behind a desk all day. Like, yeah, there's, there's bad stuff that can happen for sure. Um, like you got to do your research. That, I, and and the, I think the interesting part is the majority of our podcast is uh, older males. Sure. So what is some great advice? This just a hypothetical. This is purely hypothetical. You know, a guy that used to be on his feet all the time and now in the last couple of years has been stuck behind a desk. Yeah. Doing a lot of computer work. 
Sure. Uh, you know, not mine. Uh, this person, hypothetical, Florida. Uh, his hip flexors are killing him. Yeah. <laughs> you to make that better, <laughs> hypothetically. Well, I would ask you, how do you know it's your hip flexors? Well, I assume because when I bridge, it's the only way it makes me feel better. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so most of the time, your people's quads are really tight. And that is a hip flexor. Most people think hip flexor, they think like deep hip muscles, like your psoas and those type of things. But that's sometimes the case, but usually it's the big quad muscles that are the issue. It's the, the muscle that runs from the, your, your pelvis to below your knee is that big one. And that usually gets shortened and tight because you're sat, right? So your knees are up and you shorten that muscle a lot. So that does all kinds of funky stuff to your hip. Yoga is really good. Deep lunging stretches, just your simple stuff, making an effort to make, to make it better, putting a timer on your clock, uh, on your on your, your phone to actually get up and do it. Oh, it wasn't easy. I mean, there's what I make a lot of people do. It's called a deep couch stretch. Um, you can probably Google that one, deep couch stretch. I like that a lot. Um, or just your simple lunge stretch is really effective. Like, it's simple, simple, but people just don't do it. You just got to do it, you know? Dang. I tell you one, th one thing. That, you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to get on the floor, you know. Yeah, one of the best things that happened to me during COVID, when we couldn't leave the house for a month or two, was I got up every morning and stretched for 20 yeah. minutes. It was like life changing. Absolutely. Yeah, drinking a big glass of water and you wake up in the morning, huge too. You know, like it does all kinds of stuff to lube up the joints and just make you feel better. It's just simple, easy stuff that people just miss, you know. Yes, I I hear that. How do you so? If how do you find so hard question somebody who's who got mediocre to low motivation? Um, what in your experience has been the the best thing to actually get them over the hump of, of getting on a routine and, and actually getting motivated and really working out and getting strong and doing all the stuff they're supposed to be doing? Or is there such a thing? Sure, you got you have to man, sometimes you got to grab somebody's little fat chub down there and tug on it a little bit and make them feel it, you know? Um, you gotta be mean sometimes, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes you gotta be mean and you gotta kind of dig out emotions sometimes and get people to understand where their priorities are, you know? Sometimes you gotta remind people that they have grandkids coming and you're not here for you ultimately, you're here for other people sometimes. So sometimes you gotta be mean. Yeah, we do, we do that with our putting coaching, right, Brian? Yeah, I'm, I love being me. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I love I love telling how it is. But you know, motivation comes from within, man. Nobody's going to decide to do something. Nobody's going to decide to do anything until they decide they want to do it. You can say whatever you want, but ultimately, they have to decide. Hey, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to drink a big glass of water and stretch. Like, you, you, you know, you, they have to ultimately decide. You can influence people's decision and call them fat or whatever. But uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to decide that on by themselves. Yeah, no, no question about that. We've we've failed more than once, haven't we, Brian, trying to motivate people? To oh, I thought you meant getting up and drinking a cup of water and stretching. <laughs> I fail almost every day. <laughs> well, see, I usually drink a big cup of water before I go to bed to, to knock yeah, down. Yeah, but those 15 beers before that cup of water kind of uh, exactly. softens the bone in the morning, for sure. Yeah, and then I got to get up three times in the middle of the night. <laughs> But I, I think what's really fascinating, I think in golf, was always had the stigma of not being very good athletes. You know, 
you can think back to the 70s and 80s, they're smoking cigarettes and leaning them on the tee box. Uh, I think golf has really changed. And even now, you know, with like the Dustin Johnson's of the world, you know, really great athletes or even Bryson that's bulked up and doing all these crazy stuff, you know, that, that mindset. And I think that athlete change is really what's changed golf. So I know you said you kind of just fell into the golf world. What was your kind of idea of like what you thought a golfer was and now that you've worked with them for 13 years, how has that changed? You know, like I had that misconception maybe like for a short amount of time, like it didn't last very long until you like actually watch a golfer do something like that movement, like the golf swing is like, it's a really athletic movement, like um, compared to like uh, UFC or something. Yeah. It doesn't look that like a, a golfer is that type of caliber athlete, but there's a lot of levels that people don't quite understand of what it takes to like, to do something that like a DeChambeau did or like, you know, have be like a Dustin Johnson where like he had some sort of crazy vert coming out of college, like a basketball player's vert. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, golfers are for sure athletes. Like Lydia is a, she like, and that's how I I approach her, like how I approach her training. I think how most people should approach golf training in general is like treat him like an athlete, like, athletic movements like sprinting you know like i bet you they do a lot of that stuff i bet you you don't see a lot of like that fast explosive movements but golfers are for sure athletes man and it's i I don't i think that misconception is going away quite a bit when you when you see somebody like a deshambo you're like all right that dude kind of kind of looks like an athlete you know so yeah i i agree there's it's just escalating every year men and women both sides totally um, and it has to, man, like it's, it's too competitive. Like uh, eventually, like everybody is going to be ridiculously fit. Like, and there's not going to be any room for people not to be fit. Like it's going to weed out people that don't want to put in the hard work and do the stuff at the gym and eat the right way. Like eventually, I don't know when it's going to be, but eventually that'll just phase into like, everybody's freaking ridiculously fit. Well, it's going yeah. to be like the other sports are like that. I remember reading a a book that had a, some something there was some nba coach who when he was screen players he was like the the no-nos are they can't be stupid they can't be soft and they can't be something else and they, they he was they were allowed one of those but not two of them so mm-hmm. if somebody had two of those negatives they were like they're out mm-hmm. i mean and, and and soft was one of them he's like soft say if for any pro athlete at that level basketball football baseball what hockey whatever if you're if you're a little on the soft side, you better be darn good at some other things. To, to you better be catching up in other places, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately for, like, if you're in the spotlight and you're a crazy good athlete, like, it's a it's a self-respect thing to look like somebody that should be standing out there, you know, look like an athlete and, like, be proud of what you look like out there too, you know? Yeah. Um, so eventually I think it'll just be all those people. It'll be everybody that wants to put in the hard work. Yeah, it'll, it'll screen everybody out, that's for sure. Cool. Brian, got any other questions or should we do our lightning round with them? Oh, gosh. Yeah, let's, you can kick off the lightning round part because so, I'm so, not prepared for this. <laughs> usually, Brian, usually Brian's always prepared for this and I'm not. But um, new guests on the show, we, we fire questions off at you. Okay. R- random nonsense questions. Fun. Okay. All right. If you, what decade do you best associate yourself with that you be, do you best identify with? I would say maybe like the fifties. I don't know. 
I just love that. I just love a classic cocktails and like brick and like that grunge of like sneaking into a bar or something like that. I don't know. I just feel like I was from the fifties or something. That's cool. Style, That's cool. like the Peaky Blinder style kind of, you know, very dapper. I don't know. I don't dress that way, but I just think it's cool. <laughs> That's cool. So uh, I guess mine will be a two-part question. Um, peanut butter and jelly ratio peanut butter to jelly. What, what's your ratio between the two and what type of jelly do you use? Oh, man. So I'm a big food person. More like if I wasn't training people, like I would for sure be like flipping burgers somewhere. Um, so I, I usually go like maybe like a tad more jelly than peanut butter. And it, and it just depends on the mood, right? So like if I've had some like a couple cocktails, I'm making a peanut butter and jelly. I want like that cheap ass white bread yeah. with uh, <laughs> like grape shit, you know, and the, the cheapest peanut butter you could find. You so that's like a couple of drinks. Like My if I was an athlete, I'd be like, you're not allowed to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich unless it's after a workout and it should have, you know, uh, the all natural peanut butter, probably not peanut butter uh, because it's too starchy and you want to do something like cashew butter because it has better fats and like some organic bullshit like blackberries because it's lower on the glycemic index based on a keto diet. And it would be some probably no carb bread bullshit, you know, that's not any flavor. And, that, you know, that would be the healthy alternative. It tastes awful there. I like it. Like the yeah. better for sure. It'd be terrible. I didn't, even, I didn't even know there was such thing as whatever kind of peanut butter you just said. Cashew butter. <laughs> Cashew butter. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you had, do you have a second part of that question, Brian? Yeah, that was good. He oh. covered it. What what um, golf tournament do you most want to go to that you haven't been to? Man, definitely the Masters for sure. Other than the Masters, I don't like the players. Um, yeah. yeah, Jacksonville. I don't know. That seventeenth is cool. It'd be just cool to sit there and kind of watch that hole. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't really uh, care. Yeah, the players is pretty cool. Um, I can tell you a bunch you probably don't want to go to. I'll I'll send you a. Arizona looks cool. I mean, it looks like a big party kind of. That looks fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna do that next year. Actually, I got a bunch. Yeah, that uh, that looks fun. I'd be down for that. Um, we might get a big but, group to go to that next year. Yeah, that'd be a good time. But yeah, I mean, players looks fun. Obviously, the Masters like everybody else. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it's nice and comfortable on your couch, man. Watching golf, it's a lot better than sitting out in the sun. That's for sure. It actually, actually, I I've been to the uh, the Open, the British Open, as we call it here. Mm -hmm. A number of times and only once has it been sunny it's usually the most horrific rainy cold <laughs> weather we go out and watch for an hour and then we just go to the pub and watch, watch yeah the man as much as you just hide <laughs> lazy boys way better choice right from the get-go man no doubt so uh what would your spirit animal be oh man my spirit animal thing that's like a tim ferris question uh, I don't know, maybe like a python or something. Like I do a lot of jujitsu, so I feel like that's like something you know, maybe probably like a like a ball python. Did I ever, did I ever mention to you that I have a, a Chinese name that was given in China in Shanghai? Uh, -uh. Brian, do you know that? Yes, you've told me the story many times. Is it white python? White dragon. Oh, nice. My name is officially over there, Bai Long, which means white dragon. 
That's a killer name. It is a killer. Thank you. It is a killer name. Yeah. Ryan, you wish you could get a name as killer as that. I do. But I, I, w- I want to see it written and see it really translated. Before I'm going to change your name on my phone to White Dragon. Yes, exactly. When I go, though, literally when I go there, like, I will be introduced as by Long, which is White Dragon. That's excellent. And now it took like five or six years of being there before I could earn that. Well, that's, a, that's an earned name. That's not something that... Is it earned or was it paid? Come on. It 100% was earned, no doubt. <laughs> cool. Well, David, Damien, tell us, so, um, tell us where people can find you. Uh, you are at a studio in, is it Windermere proper, Windermere? Yeah, it's, it's Ocoee, Florida. So I have a, a training studio called Myo Intent. So M-Y-O-I-N-T-E-N-T. So like muscled Greek word, Myo, and then intent.com. Uh, so uh, that's in-person stuff. I do some virtual stuff online here or there um, when people travel. But uh, Instagram. Damian. I have an Instagram, Damien Taglione. Uh, it's nothing really related to fitness stuff. I just... just BS that I like to put up there, but you're more than welcome to check that out. Um, it's also one more question before we. Yeah. You, you said the '50s, and you like the traditional drink. So, what is your go-to cocktail? So we can end this puppy, and I'm going to make it tonight. Oh man, okay. So, okay, so if I just a traditional, be just an old-fashioned, right? Just just classic stuff. But if yeah. if if I was going to pick one, it would say a, like a Vaucare. It's like a New Orleans cocktail. So it has a good bourbon. Let's say a third each of a good bourbon, sweet vermouth, and then B&B, which is Benedictine and brandy, if you get B&B. And it has Angostura bitters and Pershons bitters. It kind of tastes like a little licorice um, And it's served neat. So put it in a glass with some ice. Put your, your 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 cocktail in there, drain it, put it into your your drink, uh, your glass, and then I like a lemon. I think a lemon's nice on there. It smells nice, and that's a, a Volcare. So I think that it's all that up there. That will be drunk tonight, and you're on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I I would drink that if I had any of those ingredients other than ice and bourbon. <laughs> yeah, well, ice and bourbon's good too. Cool, very well, nice. Well, well we, we want to thank. We want to thank everybody for listening and joining us for this podcast. Thank you, Damien, for your time. Yeah, thank you. Anything you want to close out with? No, I just, you know, it's it, I've worked with Damien forever, and I talk a lot of, a lot of, I don't know what you'd want to call Damien, but <laughs> uh, I, I love picking his brain on everything about golf and fitness and very, very knowledgeable, uh, especially somebody who's worked with golfers and has very good success with golfers. Um, and it's something that is, if you're an up-and-coming golfer, you know, junior college, tour, and you're really serious, you need to get your fitness on. This has been a Fuel production.